RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. It is a Tuesday night. Excited to be back. The fourth day of the month of January. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, looks like uh, outside of the issues here uh, we're facing in this country here with the, uh, the taper tantrum that's going on right now with the bond yields and things like that. Uh, one of the dominoes that uh, started to fall couple months ago happened to be fought how fallen in china and how my personal opinion is that it would it would definitely have a ripple effect that will touch every single country on this planet um and it all has to do with the debt uh taken out in dollar terms that has been used to fuel the bubble creation in china or for most part around the world but particularly in china and it looks like based upon a couple articles i'm going to share with you guys there's uh going to be a lot of issues being able to meet the not only to meet the the print um uh, to meet the interest due for those loans, but nevertheless, their inability to ever be able to pay off the principal as well and all those dollar-denominated uh, loans taken out. But we'll dive into that. But before I do, hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to the live stream. Uh, any first-time viewers, let me know where you're watching from uh, via chat. And then when the phone lines open up, 313-462-0027 is the number to call and let your voice be heard. So, uh, I'll check in real quick to, into the chat and then jump into about whew, six, seven articles. Just want to cover some of the headline stories that caught my attention. And the majority of them have to do with what's happening within China based upon the information that is making mainstream news over here. And of course, the news, you can't take it at, you know, full, it can't take it at full price because it's all watered down and doctored up. But it just lets us know how bad things are uh, beyond our borders here. And uh, it just spells more trouble for this upcoming year. Uh, because of just, you know, unsustainability of the debt level. It's too high on a national, the corporate, the personal, state, city, you name it. It's just too high, and there's going to be some issues with it. Uh, it says, it sounded terrible. Give me one second. I might know what that's about. Uh, yes, I apologize. So I was not using this microphone. Dealing with the new camera situation here, so forgive me for that. Um, <laughs> says we... We in the closet. I apologize. So hopefully you guys were able to hear me, even though I was talking to a mic that uh, definitely not worthwhile, but testing our new camera anyway. So hopefully you guys here heard me, but it's all, it's all, it's all about debt and you know, Chinese debt issue is going to definitely be a problem that the world will uh, have to face coming uh, probably sooner than later. But anyway, I want to just acknowledge a couple of people real quick, jump to the chat. Do my little rant real quick and then let you guys talk, let your voice be heard. Uh, we got Keenan checking in. We got JS, Barlight Broker, Crypto One King Boom, fellow Hexican, checking in. Excited about, the, I guess, the Pulse Chain uh, uh, more merger or fork or whatever is happening over there. Uh, definitely, I hear a lot of ex exciting things happening over there. More power to you. We got Mr. Steve, DC Precise, LBP, Natural Mama. We got over here, we got Rob. Uh, also, we got uh, Daryl checking in. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Ronald, Tony B, Bougie Prepper checking in. James, uh, Larissa, Nicholas uh, says sound is terrible. Okay, so hopefully the sound is good. All right, so I want to just comb through a couple headlines real quick, share my two cents on it, paint a picture as to how uh, there's no there's there's no fixing the issues we face because they're 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 greater than they're bigger than anything that I could probably even try to put together, period. I was thinking about trying to put together some type of uh, billboard or some type of chart to just put down all the 
the, the issues we face, whether it be the derivatives, whether it be bubbles in this market, stock market, the bond issue, uh, debt, you know, student loan issue. There's more issues that uh, I can actually call off the top of my head to even put down to chart just to see where we're at and where we stand. But the problem is it's too vast and there's going to be a day of reckoning and the whole golden having these shows is to hopefully reach new people of some kind and let them know that things are come crumbling down. This pyramid here is, is the problem. All this stuff up top, financial products created to suck in and keep your capital is coming to a uh, end. And the only thing that really matters are the things that are real tangible that you can feel to basically preserve your purchasing power. Like 2022 to me is going to be a year of purchasing power preservation. You know, it's going to be a race to all the things that are undervalued and have the best uh, uh, offer you the best chance of uh, protecting, uh, uh, absorbing a lot of this you know, liquidity that's coming down the line and putting you in a position to be able to weather the storm and hopefully come out better on the other end. And of course, everybody knows my mantra here, get your weight up, because I think gold and silver, because those are actual monetary instruments, a.k.a. money, everything else on top of it is the reason why we're in this mess in the first place. And those will be great places to uh, just uh, hold and protect yourself in the meantime. But of course, there's always opportunities to build on top of that. But uh, yeah, anyway, so let me jump into some things here caught my attention, because what stood out the most, uh, these are all fresh articles. And uh, so I had to pull them up from archive just because I've overwhelmed my free uh, <laughs> my free scroll on all these websites here. But never let you guys see the headlines. And so this is as of this weekend. And it says China's foreign debt edges up to two point seven trillion, two point seven trillion at the end of September. And that gives us October, November and December. And we're heading into a, a whole new year. And it's good to say that that's probably probably closer to around three trillion is right now, but it's going to grow continuously as long as a lot of their financial markets, their economy, as well as the Federal Reserve note and the Federal Reserve system being the anchor and the pillar for our monetary system, it's going to continue to grow. But the biggest problem China has is that they can continue to take on this dollar denominated debt, whether it be an investment form or I don't know. I'm sure they even still support, you know, by buying treasuries from the U.S. government. I think they stopped that or dialed back on that. But I think no matter what they do, they can't print or create dollars. So they're going to have a it's always going to be a liquidity issue for this country here. At the same time, they're having their own internal issues. But to have two point seven trillion in debt outstanding at this current moment and not being able to create your not be able to create dollars on demand to meet those obligations there meaning they're going to continue to have to absorb and to try to get uh, dollars from somewhere. At the same time, the Federal Reserve is about to cut off the spigot and attempt to taper and do all the things they're going to do on this side of the world. There is going to be a definite dollar shortage. There's already been one. There's going to be an even greater one. And so that right that right there to me lets me know that they are in it's 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 no way around this current mess that's being created. So they're they're going to need to reset some things because there's no way around situations like this. You can't pay back two point seven trillion. It does not even exist yet. So they need to create it first then to, to be able to even begin to pay it off. And that's not going to happen. So just more signs of a, a China's debt issue. And then here's another article here. It says China's 708 billion race for cash adds pressure for easing. 
So just to give an idea, it says demand for liquidity may total 4.5 trillion or 708 billion in January. So as of it looks like this month, that's how much they're going to need to try to meet their obligations denominated in dollars. That's going to be a problem. It says 18% more than amount seen last year. So there's a liquidity demand for dollars at the same time the Fed's cutting off the spigot. Oh, where are those funds going to come from? There is not enough consumption that we can do here in the United States of America buying cheap uh, you know, China goods that could make up that 7.8. Because I think our, our deficit, I'm not sure what it is at this current moment, but I think it's 300, 400 billion. So they're still going to come up short. So 2.7 in total foreign debt, 700.8, 708 billion that's needed in just this month here. That's uh that's a problem, people. That's a debt issue. Then you factor in some more issues on the domestic side in China. It says China's smallest firms failing at historic pace as 4.37 million close up shop and our registrations plummet. So that's uh there's no the commerce is coming to a halt in China due to I think a whole province with several million people right now on lockdown. So that means no commerce happening, no currency trains changing hands in certain areas there. So that's going to be a major issue. But just give an idea, it says ex-finance minister has said official economic uh, indicators failed to paint uh, accurate pictures of the economy and publicly uh, available data did not show how many firms vanished. But it says only 1.32 million new micro and small firms opened in China during the last 11 months, compared with 6.13 million last year. So that that's 500 million short of the typical businesses that are started in China yearly. That's not happening. And so, of course, that number is probably a lot greater. Anyway, LBP, let me acknowledge you real quick. I'll see you, my friend. Uh, it says uh, LBP says, thank you, my friend. It says my New Year's resolution, another monster box and a new set of twins, number seven and eight. Uh, I'm going to let you rock on, Mr. LBP. Monster box, I'm, I'm with you on that. Definitely. I, I'm, I, I have had more of, a, of an excitement of seeing these silver prices smashed so that I can continue to allocate anything i can i'm throwing a kitchen sink at trying to get me get my weight up so uh i think that's just going to be the best place to be the most surest bet in the, for the future now it may not be pretty this year i don't anticipate silver gold to take off to the moon just yet but once all this stuff comes to a halt and they cut on that printer like we've never imagined it could go then that's when things might get a little bit favorable in the metal space but anyway appreciate you man a couple more articles here, then I'll open the phone lines. Just want to show you how bad things are in China. And it won't just stay there. China's Evergrande. 300 billion cash crunch is deepened by a demolition order. So I'm sure by now everybody know on Monday, uh, Evergrande's opened up uh, trading week or opened up the trading week by halting uh, the trading of their share or their stock price. And then they are, you know, they're told to demolish 39 apartment buildings within the country. So not only are they not able to meet their total 300 billion obligation, that's just the real estate sector. And I just showed you before how 708 in other sectors and 2.7 in foreign, foreign investments. So 300 billion here, they are demolishing buildings. And as quite, I saw something about uh, land being seized by uh, the Chinese government, if I'm not mistaken, and so those 39 billions could equal thousands of apartments, which equates to probably you know, maybe a good you know, 100 million or so 
of product not developed or uh, being sent to the investor. So that's going to be an issue there. So not good news there. And then on another note, let me give you some more information here. And you factor in those 39 billions that were destroyed and that's somebody's investments is not going to be received and they're more than likely not going to get back all their funds put down for that real estate uh, investment. But it says here, with property sales plunging, China Evergrande faces more protest. So people are pissed and they're in the streets trying to get some some of their funds back. Then you factor in those 39 billions that were taken down. I wonder how they're going to settle that because, you know, in order in order to have gotten that far with those structures, I would assume they took on uh, some people's funds that they promised to have those buildings ready to go and deliver to their owners. But anyway, uh, let's keep it moving. Another article or two here, and then we'll open up the phone lines. On another note, outside of the economic dire straits happening within China, it looks like their app is ready. The D- digital EUAN is ready and is being rolled out. So I actually, you can download the app on iTunes or uh, Google, was it Android, Play Store, whatever, in China, of course. But it says China launches app for its own digital currency as it looks to expand usage. So right as their internal economy, the domestically is coming to a halt, especially denominated in dollar terms, uh, they are also rolling out the rebranded version of their own local domestic currency. So it seems a very timely nature of the economy crumbling, the introduction of their new digital controlled uh, currency. And so very timely, but it looks to be rolled out to more provinces within the country. And I think by the end of this year, it might be in everybody's on everybody's phone in China at the same time that they're having a little bit of a domestic issue there. And then on the home front here, something that caught my attention, it says a record 4.5 million workers quit or change jobs in November. And one thing that I've I didn't get a chance to read this article, but one thing I imagine is that they're not talking about people who didn't really quit. Not not many people quit as were forced out due to the mandates of having to play in order to stay as far as that whole injection scheme stuff. So that's I'm sure won't be covered or not even really considered an option outside of the fact that I'm sure people have probably other opportunities they can pursue. But more than likely, a lot of people were forced out. Um. Keep it moving here. Uh, JS, let me get, acknowledge you, my friend. Appreciate you. It says, Mike, sometimes what I think we are going through is some sort of sophisticated economic war. Who collapses first? Kind of cold war. It looks like China is folding uh, finally after two years. Uh, JS, appreciate you, man. And I, I definitely believe that this is a what we're all experiencing now as far as the global monetary system imploding on itself based upon the you know the, the ponzi scheme nature of the debt cycle coming to an end it, and I, I like of course what comes to mind is jim rickard's currency war because debt is what has been sold as the primary financial instrument that underpins the entire monetary system everything we do in our lives is pegged back to debt whether it's financing a house a car you know you name it and then to to make it even worse our currencies and the way we transact is always about debt so that model is coming to an end which to me is the epitome of just a a, a, a a currency war ultimately is the way jim records puts it you know the race to the bottom who can who can not who can which of the top g7 nations can can prevent from being the one to take all the other nations down with them 
while trying their best to uh, sugarcoat the fact that the dollar will be the last thing standing and it will go down. And while it's going down, there will be something that they hope to roll out something new to try to get, keep this thing going. So, but I do believe that this all is, it's, it's very, uh, it's hard to navigate, man. We know, we know what's real, what's not. And everything they've sold us is not real. And I see here, August, 1971 uh, comes to mind. Also a hundred percent. The moment that every, everybody was every, every currency for the most part was forced to be unpegged from something real, even though gold standard had its flaws, but it was better than just pure debt. And then on another note, just to let you know where other nations are heading, here we have India spends record $55.7 billion. They, they, they spent debt instruments to buy or to re, they redeem debt instruments in order to acquire gold. So when central banks are getting rid of their own products in order to get back into what was what is real, that lets us know what <laughs> what the race is all about. And then on the last last note here, a uh, couple of things in the in the in the uh, put in the Discord, and this this right here, I had to share this. I'm, I think Daryl put it out there in the chat, but it says Tether freezes over one million worth of USDT belonging to a single address. And when it said when I heard the words freezes, I'm like, wow, it's programmability. And so it's just not a coincidence to get a sample as to what's possible when it comes to relying upon stable coins and the coming CBDCs as to how they can just freeze, remove, or just wipe your screen clean if they wanted to because it's programmable currency. The new uh, the new wave of technology or the newer wave of technology that they're trying to use to enslave humanity. But anyway, uh, just my two cents there, but just wanted to highlight some of the issues in, in China right now. So anyway, let's talk. Let's open the phone lines. Curious to hear what you guys think. What other subjects are you guys keeping an eye on? Let me know via the chat. And so we'd love to hear from you guys directly. And let me dive into the chat real quick and see what's going on here. So Easy Rock says, sell. Let me see. He says, uh, sell your gold and get silver, you fool. <laughs> you can't go wrong with either one. They both will have their day in the sun again. Uh, let me see. Uh, I see some more thoughts here. I ain't ever selling my gold. Uh <clears throat> What else we got here? It says, be sure to vote. They care. They kept you safe. Yeah, and we got the midterm situation. And it looks like Rand Paul officially today, I think it was today, announced uh, his uh, he'll be running again. And I'm not going to even take it there. I, I have my, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. Uh, let me see here. Keep it moving. Pack me. Yes, CBDCs are, let me see. CBDCs are a nightmare, folks. We are better off going back to barter than letting that stuff in. A hundred percent. And all the smaller nations already have their test runs up and running, or they're already out in some areas. And I, I, it's no doubt in my mind, the Fed coin or the EUSD is already done. The MIT group, the digital currency group, all those, you know, cabal individuals, they already had this stuff worked out well before now. And so they just needed all the finishing touches that's coming from the advancements in the blockchain space with all those newfound words such as interoperability and consensus and all those, you know, buzzwords that a lot of smart young men and women have been working hard for or were working hard to build over the last, you know, 10 years or so to build this ecosystem. And now we're going to find out that it was all 
so that the governments around the world could roll out their version of a, a new branded currency. So, yeah. Also, speaking of which, you guys, uh, if you haven't, uh, I encourage you to check out uh, David Morgan and John Perez, their uh, crypto conspiracy uh, interview they had with a guy who's a Bitcoin historian talking about the inter- interconnected, the interconnectedness of MIT, how MasterCard basically funds all the key entities in the decentralized space. And you look at uh, what is it? The digital currency group actually went to their page and I know I'm ranting, but I haven't got a call yet. So I'll do it. Uh, I go, I went to the digital currency group uh, page and let me see. Let me find it. Yep. And so if you look at the digital currency group, it's just, it's, it's rose to the top of the blockchain, block stream, all those companies that fund everything. And it just basically is, it's a Bitcoin. Uh, you know, it's like the, it's like the, if Bitcoin had a, had a boss or a CEO, it, it's definitely in, in, in this group here, but it just talks about all the key players that fund the foundations for, this whole decentralized movement and it lists a lot of their sponsors and a lot of, uh, of their, uh, a lot of their digital currency group is a conglomerate of investors and venture capitalist groups and all the things they've invested in and pretty much all the information, you know, we got Abra, Abra which is an app. We got, uh, whew, all the, all the new syndicates that talk about Bitcoin and decentralized space. They're all on a payroll. They're all on a, on a cut. And so they have a vested interest to make sure they make all this decentralized stuff look extremely favorable and good. But for the most part, all the apps, all the major news journals are part of this digital currency group. And to find out that they are at the center point, along with Epstein and Larry Summers and all those individuals, lets us know that none of this is just by coincidence. It's all strategically planned out. Now, whether or not they succeed, we'll, we'll find out. But, you know, I personally, on the Bitcoin front, uh, I was a I was very excited for the idea of a decentralized, uh, un, you know, basically a, a free forming ecosystem itself years and years ago when the whole model in the community was to unbank yourself. We don't need the banks. We don't need regulation. We don't need that. Need That's when Bitcoin to me and the crypto space was extremely fun because it had hope of disrupting things. But then it changed. And in that interview that I want to put up here, let me actually go find it. They lay, lay out a couple of time, uh, a couple of dates or time frames where it kind of lines up because that's when I noticed the narrative changing in the community itself. It went from we don't need them to, you know, just be patient, sit back and wait. Uh, and, uh, you know, when the big, when the whales come in, when the money comes in, everybody's bag is going to pump type of talk. I'm like, I'm thinking like, we don't really, we don't really need the whales to come in. All you have to do is just be patient because the money printing itself will make sure that it finds a way out of the system and into assets that are quote unquote undervalued or cheap. So to me, a lot of those projects are going to rise naturally because currencies are going to die and so they're going to act as sponges but here's an interview i'm referring to here uh the morgan report and so this gentleman here what's his name uh kurt lays out a couple key dates basically saying from 2014 to 2017 or so 
um, a couple key players, and he threw out some names, some lead developers for the Bitcoin protocol, as well as um, Larry Summers and a couple of the billionaires, billionaire or millionaires, billionaires with Epstein. They all basically came together, wanting to change the consensus for Bitcoin itself and change the narrative around it. And when Epstein started talking about Bitcoin as being something that was beneficial, even for him, then that's when all the grayscales and all the other billionaires jumped on board, basically telling people to dump your dump your gold, get Bitcoin. Like, you know, who paid for that script? Who paid for that narrative? So this interview here does a good job of laying some of those things out. But uh, just plays in more into my skepticism as to how a lot of people in the, in the blockchain space don't want to talk about that type of stuff. They don't want to talk about it just because it's not pretty, it's not comfortable, and it won't pump their bags. But here's the thing. like, How important is your bags being pumped in a world where they're still in our freedoms? And basically, re, they're, they're rewriting the, the, the health protocols for how we will conduct our lives by requiring or needing permission to travel with a passport, you know, a new version of a digital health passport utilizing the same technology that's supposed to be disruptive. Like that's one thing that bothers me. And even in that little interview I was talking about, uh, I think John talks about some of, uh, some of the key cryptocurrency channels. They're all sponsored by the same companies that are, are on this list here. And so you look at a lot of the, you know, you know, six figure, seven figure crypto channels, their sponsors are on this group here. So they're basically getting paid to promote certain projects or whatnot. And I'm thinking like, you know, that that's definitely, uh, you know, but I understand, you know, you got, everybody got to pay their bills, but you know, is it really worth all that? I don't know. I just, it's my two cents. But anyway, all right, let's talk. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see. So I see crypto King. So yeah, so Crypto King, man, like so I, I'm I'm familiar with the Hex and Richard Hart. You know, I, I personally I've of course caught a couple of interviews and whatnot. And I also had a chance to hear Reggie Middleton's uh layout of his research on how just the the entry and the exit points and all the things in regards to the project, you know, it it, it it's it's a lot of things to be questioned there. So that's why I personally never really ran gun ho towards any particular project just because I, I never promote any particular project or anything or coin or anything like that because it's up to each individual to go do their own research i just stick to what i'm familiar when it comes to what which happens to be on the scale right here and uh that's kind of where i leave it at but i personally I, i've i've been involved in the crypto space for quite some time now definitely before gold and silver and so, but I've watched it change and I've always had my suspicions and, you know, I, I don't mind dipping and dabbling in it, but I'm not banking on it. But it's just one of the things where, you know, it, it is what it is. Buyers beware. <laughs> they don't come with a, they don't come with a warning sign on them. All of them don't come with a warning sign on them. And so that's just something to be aware of. Uh, Reg is not getting paid. Let his coin do the talking. So yeah, Veritasium, it, it's definitely pumping right now. I have my concerns with that as well, just because there's a hundred million coins created, two million in circulation or so, ninety-eight million sit in the CFTC's wallet. So who really got those keys? So if any minute Veritasium takes off and begins to really disrupt some things the way that Reggie signed off and saying that he wouldn't be a part of that stuff again, there's gonna be some issues there. And I think they'll probably just dump, you know, a good portion of those Veritasium onto the market, diluting everything. 
and there goes there goes the neighborhood. But I see some about Monero. Monero is the only true anonymous token. So much so as Dems fans watching it. Uh, yeah, privacy coins to me, I think are important. It's to me privacy coins and coins that basically make it more challenging for eyes and ears to be in your business. To me, is the closest thing to cash for whatever that's worth, just because it allows you to transact with minimum eyes and ears. Even though you're using uh, your phone or your computer to do any transaction, there's always ways of being able to track that stuff. So there's no way of escaping the system if you're on the internet. That's just how things go. Uh, Tony B says, Reggie has the rest of the world and the CIA has the USA. Yeah, it's very true. And just to, to, to Reggie's defense, I hope everything works out well for him, man, just because you know, if the, the guy was smart enough to patent the processes that are now unfolding in the crypto ecosystem for him to have done that and have forethought to do that is, is genius because if you use his, you know, his stuff, you owe him, no doubt. My only issue is that unless he plays along with the games that are already been orchestrated, he's going to have a challenging time getting, being able to win here in the U S because I think in the court of law, the way the system is so rigged against truth and justice, they'll just shaft him. Like, you know, I, I, you know, it'll be, even though he'll be, have all the paperwork, he'll have the best lawyers, the best attorneys. If you go in front of a corrupt judge or, they just kick the can down a road, kick the can down a road, and never actually bring your particular issue to the front of the of the court to be heard. Then you know, Reggie be fifty six years old, fifty sixty. It'd be you know, Reggie be sixty seventy years old before his, one of his cases get before a judge because they the system is built like that to where he can have a hard time getting justice. And on top of that, he's a he's an African American man. He you know he's melanated. You know so. He already got that going against him already. So wish him the best. Go do your thing, man. I wish him the best. All right, let's get this call. And so I didn't want to rant as much. Hello, Carlos. Where are we calling from? Hey, Mike. It's low blood pressure. Happy New Year. Same to you, my friend. What's going on with you? Man, let me tell you about this DeFi thing, mm-hmm. Mike. Go ahead. Look, man, this guy's like, oh, I invented DeFi. Everybody, well, he's not saying other people. Everybody that uses DeFi now owes me money. Mm-hmm. Mike, that's like saying right now you're using the computer to do your uh, uh, YouTube. You owe, you owe IBM some royalties there because you're using, oh, you use electricity to, 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 or you use a car to drive. Yeah. You owe Ford. You owe Ford because you're making money off of Uber, but you have to pay Ford for using their car for making money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I see where you go with that. It, it sounds me, like the the, the 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 degree of difficulty to actually put, fully see that through is going to be challenging for him, no doubt. <laughs> it's a nothing. I look. I look. I don't know the guy. He's probably a guy. A good guy. Cause I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I've listened to three hours of his videos and mm-hmm. his presentations yeah. where he goes in front of people and, and pitches the, the the scam. He doesn't explain what it is, mm-hmm. what it does, anything. He all he says is going to veritize this. It's gonna. It's gonna be a smart contract. Yeah. It's gonna veritize. It's gonna smart contract. And it doesn't explain for something to 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 work. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to tell people what it is and what it does. Right. He doesn't say anything of that. Now watch and I've this. Listened to to, def- uh-huh. to defend him, like a, a lot of the documentation, like a lot of that stuff is extremely complicated. I must admit, but yet 
the diagrams as to how the the systems and the peer to peer value to value transfer all those all that technical stuff is actually drawn up on those patents. So if you go look at those patents, you can see the layout of the systems of which he say he was a creator of, which how he defends that, how he relates that to certain projects. I don't know. That's on him. But the same way, like the mRNA patents are, are out there and enforceable by law. If you go look at some of those patents, you see some of the you know chemical compounds and compositions and all this stuff that I can't even pronounce listed as something that they have exclusive rights to. And if you use it, you in trouble. So the patent stuff is real. I just it's just well beyond my scope of focus. But he draw he got a lot of drawn nicely drawn diagrams that I guess the government decided was worth them putting a stamp of approval on. <laughs> so it's legit in that it, sense. <laughs> and, and, and why why has he been quiet about this? The 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 what do you call it? The, the U.S. District Attorney had something on him. They were gonna nail him, Mike. Hey, I'm not they gonna bash him. him. Man. I'm, I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he gets everything that's due to him, given the fact he was smart enough to put it on paper and get it stamped. And that right there to me is more than I have done in that regard. There, so I wish him the best, and I would love to help him in any capacity because. I want him to disrupt things, but in a more favorable way for the people and not the establishment and the banking cartel is actually running things right now in the crypto space, in my opinion. So that's just I, me. Just, I just wish there was a video that would explain what it even is. That's but, what I, I want to know. Do, I'm going to invite him back on the show and I'm going to have you get, get your questions ready. I'm going to have you ask all the questions to Reggie. How about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> man. Appreciate <laughs> you. All right, Mike. All Have right. a great one. Yeah. Hello, Carlos. Where are we calling from? Uh, maybe not. Mr. Call. But I, I see a question I want to address real quick. And then, as I mentioned, the goal is for me to rant less and hear from you guys. So I'm going to get ready to dial back. But I want to answer this question real quick. Uh, it's from Lala says, hi, Mike. How would I get that fiat insurance policy you keep mentioning? I looked it up online, but no info. Please explain. Thanks. Okay. So let me answer that real quick. So there, to, to my knowledge, the, the idea of the national currency insurance is more just a play on words. There is no actual, um, there, to, I'm sure, that, I mean, there, there are insurance agencies that insure bullions and depositories and things like that. But I was more so just a play on words, you know, basically saying that each and every individual who is watching these videos you're responsible for your own financial dealings. And we're entering into a time where you want to depend less upon any of the institutions that have been a part of the problem, i.e. the FDIC. They say that you're insured up to 250000 per bank, checking account, deposit, safety, whatever. We know that currency doesn't really exist. And it was all designed to keep confidence in the same system. But the system is imploding right now. So all the risk falls on you. And of course, if they were to live up to that $250,000 per account for those individuals to have that much currency in those in those accounts, you can probably be compensated in 250,000 units. They may not be the old, you know, commercial bank ledger style units that we've been used to. They may try to make you whole on your phone via the Federal Reserve, you know, app that would allow them to then translate over 250,000 EUSD or Fed coin units equivalent of the same to make you whole. But then again, think about if you get all your transferred funds from the old system into the new, if they are, they do that, of course, there's going to be a haircut. You're not going to get 250,000, but 
whatever you have is going to be transferred into that new system they're going to roll out after this next crisis, then there's going to be some restrictions on it. And as I just showed from this uh, little article here talking about what happened with uh, Tether, how they froze a million dollars worth of USDT to a single address, they had their own excuse as to why they did that, whether it was money laundering, whatever, 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 or they pissed somebody off and not, they went after that person, basically what happened. So that's the same thing that's going to happen when it comes to this new CBDC rollout. So my point in the whole national currency insurance was look at your lifestyle in the format of uh, an asset, your life. You are an asset. You are a business. So we can insure every aspect of our lives, our house, our car, whatever. We get writers on our insurance policies, whatever, whatever. But we, 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 as an actual individual, we haven't been taught to actually insure for ourselves, for our own wealth preservation purposes, these very units themselves. And so when I talk about get out of pot, take out a policy, I had a little bit of a framework in mind. I haven't talked about in quite some time, but for our, for all our high net worth individuals that might be plugged in the best bang for your buck would definitely just for preservation sake of just taking, say if you got a million dollars worth of liquid assets, and if you wanted to just keep that one for one, just figuratively speaking, you would probably go buy, you know, a hundred ounces or 150 ounces of gold or 200 ounces of gold. It'll be a small little stack right there. Of course, you got to ensure that, but you're responsible for yourself. That's on you. Somebody break in and steal it or default or whatever. It's on you. It's no, it, you can probably get insured if it's in somebody else's care, but if you had it on yourself, then that's on you. Initially banking, banking prior to this current banking model that we're experiencing now was based upon the individual themselves you we were our own banks then we start going to silversmith goldsmiths to have them you know do some metal works with our our coins then you know not speaking of you know not my ancestors but you know what i'm saying and then it turned into a depository where you just hold my gold there i'll come back when i need it and in the meantime let me get a receipt showing that i have the currency there you know how the historical side of the monetary system worked so initially banks were just holders of our actual coins but then it's turn into so much more to where people don't even know what it is now. So basically, if you're a high net worth high net worth individual, having gold would be ideal for you just because it's the quickest, easiest, smallest way of preserving and protecting yourself on the side. So if you end up losing all the stuff on the surface, it'll be made up with those actual gold units that are in your possession or near you or where you can get to, the purchasing power will be absorbed into those units because they're not going to where they're constants. And so if you're a person of lesser means, then silver might be more ideal. So think about this. If you say if you add up everything in your life, your house, your cars, everything that you consider a part of your net worth, whatever that number is, think about that and measure that in actual ounces, whether it be gold on high end and silver on the low end. So if you lost everything up top, if you had to rebuild it again and replace it again, how many ounces would you need? That was my whole idea of national currency insurance. So if you had a million dollars, you might need 250 ounces of gold. Or, or whatever that might be equated to, to put it on the side as in a policy that could take care of you if you need to build it again. And if you're on the poor side, if you broke, then just a couple ounces is better than having nothing. Because if you have, I think I saw an article, I think I think even Mario put out something saying that uh, based upon the total population of the world, I think it's seven point something billion, uh, having, I want to say 60 ounces of silver. Uh, let me see. How many ounces of silver to be in top 1%. I think somebody did a video out there. Uh, let me see if I can see anything. Uh, how am I playing on whatever, whatever. Wait, maybe not. How much? Oh, spot. Okay. 
Maybe not. But anyway, I think it's like 60 ounces of silver. So to have 60 ounces of silver in your possession right now puts you in the bigger picture as a part of the one percenters of people who actually have something real tangible they can feel. So even having like to me, this is one of my beauties here. This is a 1901. I think this is. Yep. 1901. So as of as of this year, this thing turned 121 years old, still going strong. It's a monetary constant. It ain't going nowhere. This boy right here is probably about twenty, twenty two dollars, twenty three dollars. But yet it's it's called one dollar, but it's worth 22 pieces of paper. So this right here in the future, by next year, this will cost more than 22 pieces of paper. I'm pretty confident on that. So this to me is an insurance policy. Just have an ounce, you know, just just sitting on your desk. But anyway, I'm rambling too much. <laughs> As always, people, it's been great to connect. Uh, thank you for blessing me with your time for all those that came in. I basically laid out five or six articles talking about the dollar denominated debt in China is too much. It's imploding right now. They're not going to be able to make do just because there's no way of coming up with these type of numbers ever again, because China doesn't have a printing press pr- printing press to make do on these debts and their economy is imploding right now. So these are all the things happening around the world. I think China is a big situation because they also are in the best position as well, because they are sitting on the most gold. It's an unknown amount. I heard 20 tons, 30,000 tons, you, you name it. But China has the most gold. They're the most, they're the, they have the most gold on the planet. So they're going to be fine. Believe me that. Um, question, thoughts on ISO 20022 from going live in November. Um, I'm not familiar with that time frame. familiar with the ISO situation. If it does go live in the way that they, meaning the banking institutes, institutions and the bankers and the, all those evil individuals want it to go live, then we're right on time for where they told us we would be. It's going live because they're going to have plans on rolling out CBDCs that will be the underpinning of all those projects. I think it's Algorand, XLMR, Stella, uh, Ripple, Chainlink, all those projects. That means that the, their plan of getting us to that close to that one world currency is coming true. So if it goes live this year, we were told, like I did an article the other day talking about, uh, I think it was how the Economist cover told us this year. Let me find out real quick. Uh, let me just find out real quick. I'm rambling too much, but I want to, let me see here. The economist cover. Let me see, whatever, where to go. Shoot. Give me one second. Anyway, well, I'm not going to be able to find it, but anyway, on, on Sunday, the first day of this or Saturday, the first day of this month, the economist Twitter account tweeted this, get ready for the fed coin, the E euro. Like why would they say that? Unless they knew that, you know, things are on track. So anyway, that's what it is. Anyway, be blessed, be safe. I will see you, says RT. Tony B says, what about 5G being held back for two weeks? Ah, that is concerning there, TB. I saw something about, uh, I think it was Verizon and ATT mentioned that, I, I, guess, I guess they're going to withhold hold it back for two weeks, but they were having some issues because of FAA saying that it's disrupting plane flights and stuff or whatever. Why are they so pressed to have it out in the in beginning of this year? What it could have anything to do with those things to go into the body. And then also uh, for those that may not be familiar, join the telegram group and the discord. I put an interesting video out from uh, Stu Peters about how to recognize some of those bad batches of those things. So you can see if you have, if your family of friends that might have participated, if they have been a part of the experiment, because it's more research coming out now as to how things are playing out. So, Anyway, for those that are still tuned in, appreciate you. Hit a thumbs up, show your support for the channel. 
uh, back at it again tomorrow. I'm going to go probably earlier tomorrow. Yeah. But anyway, uh, join us then. And the goal is keep these 30 minutes or so, but I want to get your guys to participate. So call in, bring articles, join the Discord page, join the Telegram, put up articles and videos or whatever you like, and I'll use I'll extrapolate some of those things to talk about them on live streams. But anyway, be blessed, be safe. God bless you. And uh, continue to stay prayed up, blessed up while you're getting your weight up. Peace. Visit Rethinking the Dollar throughout the day. Your place for news on metals, gold, crypto, you name it. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll get a chance to see the daily videos, the recommended videos, and more importantly, the five reasons to unplug from the monetary matrix, with the first one being the awakening period. Step number one, test your dollar IQ. 10 simple questions, average is 60%. Follow up with the alternative perspective with the monetary reports. Consider becoming a supporter of the Rethinking the Dollar platform via Patreon. Get a chance to hang out off air as well as additional information that can't be discussed on YouTube. Any support is helpful. With the crackdown on alternative media, the best thing to do is to connect off air. Scroll down to the very bottom. You can find Rethinking the Dollar on Telegram, Audio, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, you name it. The most important ones will be the email list where you can get notified weekly, the Discord page, and make sure you connect on Telegram. And last, don't forget to visit the RTD store where you can get merchandise as well as additional information and resources. And most importantly, scroll down to the bottom and get your weight up with all the limited edition rounds only available on the RTD store.